Hello everyone, and welcome back to For the Love of Astrophysics. We finished off the last episode by talking about the measurement problem and the double split experiment, the very basis of quantum physics. And today we shall dive deeper into one of the most important phenomena in the field, superposition. I'm sure most of you would have heard of the famous Schrodinger cat thought experiment, right? Well, if you haven't, let me lay it out for you. Basically, this famous Austrian scientist Erwin Schrödinger posed a thought experiment involving a cat. Say you were to keep a cat in a sealed container with some sort of device that had a 50% chance of killing the cat. Say, a bomb or a type of poison. Now, the whole point of this experiment is asking yourself, after about a day, is the cat still alive? The obvious answer is that there's a 50% chance the cat is alive, 50% chance the cat is dead since that was the basis of our experiment. But what Schrodinger said is that there's a different way to think about it. Before we open the box, the cat can be thought of as both dead and alive. It's only after the box is opened that it takes a definitive state. Now this seems like a weird claim, but the weird thing is that this is a a very real thing in the quantum world. Quantum particles can actually exist in two different states at the same time. And this is what we call superposition. We can make a link of this with the previous episode's double slit. Again, for those of you who may not be aware of what this is, it's essentially a board with two slits at which we fire electrons with an electron gun. Now, when these electrons are fired at this double slit, a pattern emerges on the other side, which indicates wave-like behavior. Interesting thing here is that for this to happen, a single electron would have to somehow travel through both slits at once which means being in two places at the same time before we measure it. But after we measure it for some reason, it chooses a definitive point state as a particle and doesn't move after that. So I was trying to find a really good analogy to explain what's going on here. And I found that the one given by Alan Adams on his MIT lecture on superposition was the best depiction. In this analogy, we say that electrons have just two properties we're interested in. Let's say shape and color. Now, in the real world, the experiments I'm about to describe have actually happened and the results are the same as what I will explain here now. Yet these two properties in question are obviously something else. But for the sake of explanation, let's check to shape and color. Now, these two properties happen to be binaries, so they can only be one of two distinct values. So, uh, for example, our shape, let's say, can either be round or flat and our color can be black or white. There is no a half flat, half round electron, a gray electron, a red electron, or anything like that. It's either black or white. The shape is either round or flat. Our analogy continues with a device that can measure whether an electron is flat or round. The actual workings of this device don't actually matter, and we'll talk about why a bit later. So just assume that there's this box that filters electrons into round and flat. For a pictorial depiction, you can imagine that all round electrons are just shot upwards, or flat electrons are sent straight. Again, the actual workings of this device are irrelevant for our experiment. In fact, let's even say for now that there's some sort of quantum mechanic inside the box rearranging the electrons. Now, similarly, we also have this kind of box for colors. So, say if I were to send a stream of electrons into this box, all the ones that come out black go upwards, and all the white ones are shot straight. This is the basis for the analogy, which we will further develop as we go along. Our first experiment is very simple. I have an assortment of randomly selected electrons with me. 
you can imagine them as marbles in a box. Now I want to check whether they are black or white and I can't just view them because they're electrons. So I send them into my color box to check. Now the result here is pretty normal. About 50% will come up black, 50% white. What this means is that there's no bias or difference. It's just very simple, a 50-50 chance. An electron is either white or black and it has an equal chance of being either of them. Let's try this with shape. Unsurprisingly, we will get the same result. You know what? Let's even do this. Just to verify that our properties are static, let's put a color box after another color box. So all the white electrons from the first box are going to be fed into my second one. Again, we get an expected result. 100% of our electrons that were fed into the second box emerge as white, just as they were measured before. Again, the same thing happens for shape. Now, we've established here that the color and shape clearly don't change. At least it seems that way right now. Let me go one step further just to establish some rules. Let me put a color box that feeds into a shape box. So basically I'm going to arrange my boxes such that any white electrons that come out are going to be directly fed into my shape box. Here, 50% of the white electrons appear round and 50% flat. So we can draw a very important initial conclusion from this experiment which is that the color doesn't depend on the shape and vice versa, they're independent properties. Here is where things get interesting. Our current experimental setup is a color box and then a shape box where all the white electrons are going out. Now let's put another color box after that where all round electrons go out, just to be sure of our first conclusion. What happens here is the weird thing. Now after the first box we know that only white electrons are going past. After that, we know that only round electrons are going through the second box. So logically, the electrons going into the last box should be white and round, since both properties are static and they are independent, right? This is where our logical framework breaks down. 50% of our incident electrons are going to be black and 50% white. So clearly something weird has happened. It's almost as if the very act of going through our second box has randomized and changed our color. What if we try this again with two shape boxes and a color box in between? The same thing happens. The shape somehow gets randomized by going through the color box. So this is an actual thing that happens in experiments that have been tried. No matter how we change our variables, by trying to tweak the results, we will always get that 50-50 split in the end. In fact, the reason why I said mechanics don't matter is that in the real world, many technologies exist that do the job of our color and shape boxes. It can be done in many different ways, and no matter which way we do it, we will always end up with the 50-50 split. So we've talked about boxes which measure color and shape individually. What if we had one that could measure both? That would solve all our glaring problems, right? Well, despite our best efforts to find out how to do this, it cannot be done. And it isn't a case of we as humans are unable to find a way. It's because there is no way. Such a device cannot be created. Why? Because it goes down to something fundamental about quantum particles, which is that being round and being white or flat and black or any other combination doesn't mean anything. Being one color means that the electron has no definite shape. It cannot have both properties at the same time. 
In fact, this is what we term uncertainty in quantum physics. And it's something we'll get into further detail in another episode. Now, you may be running a few thoughts through your head, and one of them may just be that, okay, electrons are weird, right? They probably have some sort of property here that we just don't know about yet. Well, the funny thing is that this phenomenon occurs with every single object in the world. It's just a bit harder to draw out for the larger ones, but it has been done. In fact, you can check out these experiments done with buckyballs, pendulums, and mirrors. They actually show these properties. Anyways, getting back to the topic at hand, the point is that sending electron through these boxes, three boxes at a time, shows some weird properties. But what does all this mean? How can an electron be changing its shape and color depending on our observation? This is what we call superposition. After years of thought and discoveries, we've come to the conclusion that in the quantum world, things make little intuitive sense. Having some definitive shape that we measure means that it doesn't have definitive color, rather that it's in a superposition of states, being both black and white at the same time, until and unless we measure it again, of course. But this is again where all the weird link with measurement comes in. How does the electron know what's being observed? From all of this, we can surmise that perhaps forcing the electron to choose a shape will reset its color and vice versa. But how does it know when we're observing it and what we're observing it for? Or maybe it's just that we're confined in what we can perceive and see. Maybe it's just that in our world of three spatial dimensions, we just cannot perceive the existence of a superposition, which is why these electrons seem to behave counterintuitively. Either way, there's something fundamentally different about the way quantum particles behave and exist, and measurement and superposition seems to be at the center of it all. This is the thought behind Schrodinger's cat. Before we measure the property, the electron is in both states at the same time. This is also what happened in our double slit experiment. Our electron was in all of the possible states of a wave at the same time, until we measured it on the screen that it hit. What better way to end an episode about quantum mechanics than to quote the great Richard Feynman. If you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics. It is a complicated and weird topic, one which I will continue to dissect in future episodes. See you next time on For the Love of Astrophysics. <laughs>